Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I am Ryan Warmly, joined on this Tuesday morning by Andrew Erickson and by our guest, Alex Caruso. Very excited to have him on. Guys, it is a Tuesday morning. Normally, this is the time we start to look ahead, but unfortunately, we have to look back a little because we are very sad because we got a couple of pieces of crushing injury news this morning. Devon A. Chain, who's been really a league winner since week three, is going to miss a few weeks. It's just listed as multiple weeks. We don't know if he's going to go on, on IR as of yet, as of the time we're recording this. That's with a knee injury. The bigger news, Justin Jefferson, hamstring injury. He is on IR. He will miss at least four weeks, potentially more. This is a guy, Erickson, that everybody who has him on their team either spent the most money that they possibly could uh, at their salary cap draft or they drafted number one overall in a snake draft. So is there any consoling Jefferson managers right now, Erickson? Uh, Not really, because the Vikings have all the incentive in the world to not rush him back in any capacity because he is their franchise player. Like Kirk Cousins is being rumored to be now be traded because the Vikings are one and four and he's on an expiring deal and this team is looking forward ahead to next year. It's weird because they're probably actually like a better team than they were last year, but now they're losing all the one score games (laughs) when they won them all last year. So it's just a really bad run out for Minnesota, but all signs are kind of pointing to let's just tank this year. And and that means Jefferson, look, I think if you have him right now on your roster and you aren't like 4-0 or 5-0, or if you're not having a winning record, then you got to move him now because it's going to be most optimistic about him now. Like you're trying to figure out where to rank him in rest of the season rankings. Like I have him ranked outside the top 12, but I could see pushing him down farther. You know, as we get, it get through weeks and weeks, I don't think it's going to get better necessarily. So if you have him, I think right now is the time to strike while people are more optimistic about him coming back and the Vikings haven't totally tanked everything, but that's the direction things are kind of going in. So for me, I think that's the way to approach it, especially if you need wins right now. Obviously, you're going to have to sell Jefferson probably for uh, pennies on the dollar, which is unfortunate. Alex, if you're four and one or five and zero, oh, are you trying to acquire Jefferson right now? And even if you're not, are you interested in KJ Osborne and you know maybe trading for Jordan Addison? Yeah, I think Jordan Addison was definitely the guy that I'd be trading for. I don't really love KJ Osborne that much. He's never been a big target earner with or without Justin Jefferson. If you are five and zero oh, or four and one, Jefferson is definitely someone I'd be trying to trade for because you know that they're gonna. Not rushing back, and when he gets healthy, he's going to be the best wide receiver in all of fantasy football. If you can make a move, I'd be doing it. Otherwise, Jordan Addison would be the guy that I'm probably trying to trade for and just holding out hope that somehow Jefferson misses IR and is back within the next week or two. And then on A-Chan, are we thinking that this will be Mostert's backfield, Alex, or are we worried about, you know, Jeff Wilson is now able to eligible to practice coming off of IR? We don't know exactly when he'll be back on the field on game days, but he is back practicing. So do we think that this is going to be a split backfield or are we kind of really excited about Mostert now? I think I'm really excited about Mostert. I think it's probably going to be maybe like a 60-40 split, but Mostert's been, I mean, he's the number two running back in all of fantasy football right now and at least PPR formats. And I think that he's going to continue the run that he's been on. He's in a great offense. So split backfield or not, 
I think he's still going to be a top 12 fantasy option every week just because of the offense that he's in and the running back role that they've produced so far. I mean, especially with two top three running backs, even if more than half of that work goes to Mostert, he's going to be super productive. And Erickson, just on HN himself, we're just holding on to him, right? This is only, you know, a few weeks as of right now of an absence. So it's not like it's a season ender, right, Erickson? No, I don't think so. I mean, he he was dealing with an injury before or at the beginning of the season when he missed some time. And then he once he's healthy, you just start him because he's, he's what is he like averaging like 12 yards per carry? He's only ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think that he's fine. And I don't like buying injured players necessarily, but he's someone that, you know, if, again, if you're sitting on a solid record, you can afford to take on some more risk with guys that are hurt because you already have a bunch of wins. So you can afford to maybe lose a week or two here or there. But when these guys get healthy, like that's big upside, especially when we get to the closer to the fantasy playoffs. Running backs. Speaking of trading running backs, let's jump into our most traded running backs of the week so far. Here we are going into week six. I've been saying it for like three or four weeks in a row, but it's hard to believe we're at this point already. Uh, as, as I mentioned at the top of the show, this is our buy low, uh, sell high uh, running back show. We will start with the most traded guys here, and we will start the most traded guy is Joe Mixon. And so, Alex, I will start with you. Are you buying, selling, or holding on Joe Mixon and this potentially rejuvenated Bengals offense here? Oh, I am always buying Joe Mixon. I mean, I'm probably till the end of time. It's been years now <laughs> where I'm just buying him no matter the cost. I mean, he'd been a top 13 running back four straight years where he didn't get hurt. This year, he is seeing top 10 running back level volume. And on the volume that he's getting week to week, those running backs always produce for fantasy football so maybe we haven't seen the joe mixon five touchdown explosion week yet but i think those are coming he has some really nice matchups coming up moving forward and at the end of the day there's not many running back that are seeing the level of touches that he is with the lack of competition that he also has in every single game erickson what do you think about mixon here it's a guy that I don't really have on any of my teams because unlike Alex, I have not been, you know, buying in on Joe Mixon since the beginning of time. But uh, he's been kind of proving me wrong, at least in terms of what I expected out of him this year. Not that he's been, you know, blowing the doors off opponents. But are you buying, selling or holding on Mixon, Erickson? Buying Joe Mixon. I think that it's a sharp move again with the Bengals offense looking like it's going to be much better now that Joe Burrow seemingly is healed. You know, the the calf is all good to go now. He faced the Arizona Cardinals and everything got fixed. So, I mean, look, Joe Mixon's role is the same as it was last year. Like, there's no other running back on that team that's taking away touches from him. Travian Williams is out here blowing blocks and pissing off Joe Burrow. So it's like he's going to play anymore. Chris Evans, like, uh, these guys are Chase Brown. Like, they're not playing. So Joe Mixon is just, he's just running cold when it comes to touchdowns. He got stuffed at the goal line, I think, like three or four times against the Cardinals, just couldn't get in the end zone. He had eight red zone carries in week five. He had eight red zone carries entering week five. So he's going to have a positive, in terms of positive regression when it comes to some of his touchdown variants. We saw it last year when he had that massive game against the Panthers. Hopefully it just doesn't all happen in one game and he spreads the wealth a little bit more. But I think you want to be buying Bengals right now and obviously you can't get Jamar Chase. So Joe Mixon would be the next guy to target. We've actually got a Bengals poll up on our Sunday episode on Spotify, so everybody should go check out that episode if you want to get some instant reactions and some injury reactions as well on that show. Those are every Sunday night. But we have a poll up here, and I want to get your guys' opinion. It's, is your confidence fully restored in Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and the Bengals offense? The options are absolutely, maybe, but I'm skeptical, 
And no, they just played Arizona. So, Alex, how are you voting in that poll of is your confidence fully restored in Burrow, Chase, and the entire Bengals offense? I'm, I'm a, again, as a Joe Mixon optimist, I'm going to say absolutely. I think that this offense, maybe like next week, they aren't going to be fully back to where they are. But I think the second T. Higgins is back on this field, and now they're going to have a bye coming up soon, which allows Joe Burrow to get a little bit healthier. I think within the next two or three weeks, like they're going to be back to the Bengals offense that we all know and love. So I think if there is any skepticism or people that are not believers just yet, I think those are the teams I'd be trying to make trades with because I think Burrow, Chase, Higgins, Mixon, pretty much everybody on that offense are all people I'm believing in going forward. Erickson, what do you think? Absolutely, maybe, but you're skeptical or no, they played Arizona. Absolutely, because who are they playing this week? Seattle. And then they have their bye week. And then they're going to, you know what? Bold prediction right here. The Bengals are going to hand the 49ers their first loss of the year wow. after their bye week. So Joe Burrow coming out after the bye week, I think that this team's going to be firing on all cylinders at that point. And I know the 49ers are a fierce team and the number one team kind of viewed. I think the Bengals beat them. So far, the results in that poll, uh, just so everybody knows, absolutely is getting 40% of the vote. Maybe, but I'm skeptical, is getting 46% of the vote. That's the most, obviously. And then no, they played Arizona. is getting just 13%. So most people are either believers or they're believers, possibly, but just a little bit skeptical here. Let's do some trades. These are some real-life trades that have gone down within our My Playbook app in the last day regarding Joe Mixon. So I want to get your guys' opinion on whether or not you would make these trades as well. First one is a simple one. Joe Mixon for Marquise Brown. Alex, are you making that trade? Oh, no, I'm keeping Joe Mixon all all day. Again, I like Marquise Brown. I think that he's been a huge fantasy football value all offseason. But again, not many running backs seeing 20 touches per game. Uh, next one here is Joe Mixon plus Jonathan Taylor for Justin Herbert. And this is in a super flex. So Mixon and JT for Herbert in a super flex. What do you think, Alex? I think that, oh, man, that's so tough. I think I'd have to make the move. I, again, I'm I'm always chasing the upside, so I think I'd probably make the move. But I, I definitely would be a little bit a little bit scared to make a trade that big. Yeah, that's that's a blockbuster for sure. Uh, and then the last one here: Joe Mixon plus Elijah Moore for Kenny Gainwell plus DK Metcalf. Again, that's Mixon and Elijah Moore for Kenny Gainwell and DK Metcalf. What side are you taking? I'd probably be taking the Joe Mixon side. I think that's the, again, that's where the upside is. That's where the volume is. Uh, I like the other side of it. I also do like Elijah Moore a lot. I think that he's someone that hasn't produced, but really sneaky upside with the target volume that he's getting. Plus, again, the, I'm, I'm taking the volume guy side of the trade for sure. Erickson, are you making any of those trades to get rid of Mixon, or are you keeping the Mixon side on all of them? Keeping Joe Mixon. He's getting, he's getting fed, man. He's getting, he's, he, those touchdowns yeah. are going to come, especially against Seattle. Come on. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets, and DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. This week, I think one of the most intriguing games is Seahawks Bengals, the aforementioned game. The spread is Bengals by two and a half, and the total is 46 and a half. I do like the over there. That's over on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So the books think Cincy might be back as well. They might be voting absolutely in that poll on Spotify. However you bet that one, get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code FANTASYPROS. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code FANTASYPROS only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Four six seven three six nine. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Fellas, the other running back I want to talk about here in our most traded segment is Brian Robinson. So, Erickson, I'll start with you this time. Are you buying, selling, or holding on Brian Robinson right now? I'm going to buy Brian Robinson. I've overall liked what I've seen from him as a rusher. Now, his receiving role is not necessarily great, but it's been kind of increasing the last couple weeks i know antonio gibson is still involved but i mean he's had pretty poor runouts the last two weeks when it comes to like game script and he hasn't totally just landed on his face like he's done enough where it's like okay he's still getting some points here and there and when the commanders have more favorable game scripts where they're more in games and it's more back and forth well he's their bell cow back and if anything were to happen to Antonio Gibson, like he would probably take on a three down skill set role. So I actually like Brian Robinson. I think that he offers a really safe floor. And I think that his receiving is actually a lot more than I expect it would be. Um, they're, they're designing plays for him in the passing game. And he's looked good. Just like he passes the eye test for me whenever he's getting the ball. He's looking more explosive than he was last year. And he's looking, I think, kind of spry as a receiver. So as much as I love Antonio Gibson, the team doesn't love Antonio Gibson. They love Brian Robinson. So I think that backing a running back that the team really likes a lot and is getting a lot of volume, I, I think is a, a sharp move, especially after a couple down weeks. And and what just what an odd game going 50 whatever plays in a row without running the ball like on a designer. <laughs> I mean, that just you just aren't going to see that again uh, for years. I mean, six carries, 10 yards, uh, obviously a nondescript day. Alex, are you buying, selling or holding on Robinson? I would probably be holding. Uh, I don't think I'm as optimistic as Erickson is where I think I don't know how much of a role he's going to get because I think they still really like Antonio Gibson as a pass catcher. And I don't think that role is going to go away as much as we've wanted it to with J.D. McKinnon the last couple of years ultimately they want to have a separate receiving back from their main rusher so for me i'm holding i think there isn't a lot of value for a trade because of the last couple of weeks i don't think people want to give him up for like it's going to take it's i'm not going to get back the return that i would want if i'm giving him up but i don't think that i'd be going out to trade for him for massive upside so i think i'd be holding i like what i've seen i think there's more potential but i don't know if he's necessarily the league winner just yet if he can't get that passing role Let's do some more real-life trades here. Alex, I'll start with you. Brian Robinson for Tank Dell. Oh, I would be holding Brian Robinson for sure. How about this one? I'm guessing I know what direction you'll go. Brian, Rob- This is an actual trade that happened. Brian Robinson for Jalen Waddle. For Jalen Waddle, I would I would definitely be taking the Jalen Waddle side here. Again, I think that he's someone that is a big buy-low candidate for me as well, like someone that can really turn it on the back half of the season, especially after being a top 13 wide receiver, I think, in each of his first two seasons. Mm-hmm. And then the last one here, and this one I think is actually kind of interesting depending on how you feel about the middle guy here. Brian Robinson for Miles Sanders plus Jamal Williams. 
Oh, that's a really interesting trade. I think I would keep Brian Robinson in, in this deal. I think I'm a little bit worried about Miles Sanders, especially that he was off the injury report last week and still played behind Chuba Hubbard. I think that Kendra Miller is going to grow a role for the Saints. I think that Alvin Kamara is still going to be their number one guy. So I'm, I'm a little bit bearish on Jamal Williams. So for that reason, I think I'd be chasing the upside a little bit more with Brian Robinson, even if he doesn't get that pass catching role we've been talking about. I'm pretty sure I agree with you on all three of those. Alex, are you going to make it a clean sweep, Erickson? Uh, you know, Tank Dell was one option, Jalen Waddell, and then Miles Sanders plus Jamal Williams was the third. You know, I agree with uh, Caruso. Uh, I think that I'd rather have Waddle, but the other ones I'd rather have Brian Robinson. I mean, I don't want Bri- I don't want two backup running backs for Brian Robinson. <laughs> so, and Tank <laughs> Dell has a concussion, so he's not even going to play. Yeah. He's probably not even going to play this week. So, um, you got to keep B Rob in most cases, except yeah. If you can upgrade to a guy like Jalen Waddle, who I think, again, no, there's no a chan like where the explosive play is going to come from. I think that you could see Waddle see a spike, and even though that's not the narrative, it's like okay, they're ripping off all these big plays with a chan. Okay, now where do those big plays go? Tyree Kill, and I think Jalen Waddle is going to have more splash plays um, with no a chan for a while. That was our most traded running back segment. And before you guys make any trades, you need to check out our trade analyzer at fantasypros.com slash myplaybook or on the Fantasy Football My Playbook app. Instantly see who wins any trade and how it shifts the balance of power in your league for the week, the rest of the season, and even beyond for dynasty leaguers. Stay ahead and play smart with the trade analyzer on fantasypros.com slash myplaybook and on the Fantasy Football My Playbook app. Let's go to our buy low segment here on the running backs. Alex, we're starting with you, and you have Jonathan Taylor here, and and I kind of uh, say that ahead of time to also say that this was Erickson's original sell-high running back before you made your picks. So we have some natural debate here. Alex, make the case for why he should be a buy-low and not a sell-high. Well, I think that they plan to ramp him up over the course of the next couple of weeks. That's been what we've seen. Zach Moss had a really great game, and I think people are already really worried about Jonathan Taylor, I think my argument would be as simple as Zach Moss right now is the running back seven in fantasy football. And I think that Jonathan Taylor is a whole heck of a lot better than Zach Moss is. So I think over time, he is going to overtake that role, be a top 10 running back. Maybe it's not going to come this week, but I think the price that we're seeing in some of these leagues right now for what people are willing to give him up because they're worried is the exact reason that I'd be buying him, especially with how productive the running backs have been in this offense with and without Anthony Richardson in the lineup. Erickson, what do you think on Taylor? Was that enough to convince you that you should have been coming at this the opposite direction? Well, I think it depends on what you're... I mean, if you need wins now, like Jonathan Taylor doesn't really help you a lot. And who has Jonathan Taylor on their teams? A lot of teams that don't have a lot of wins because they drafted Jonathan Taylor. So that's uh, an issue where it's like... Because I don't think Zach Moss, at least in the next three weeks, because they talked about the ramp-up period being over like the next month. Like that was the report that dropped before this week's game when Jonathan Taylor played like 10 snaps and Zach Moss was a bell cow against the best run defense and looked like freaking Adrian Peterson <laughs> dropping uh missed tackles. So look, Zach Moss has played really well. Like, why are they going to get away from Zach Moss? And people will argue, okay, well they paid Jonathan Taylor. They got to use him. It's like, yeah, they paid Jonathan Taylor. So they don't want to use him and run him into the ground. Like they have a long-term commitment to him. Why not make sure that he stays in good shape and doesn't get hurt? How do you do that? You limit their touches. So for me, I don't think that Moss is going to go away. I think he's done enough and proven enough. Again, they traded for him last year that he can stick around and be a good enough running back. So that's my only concern. I do think, again, if you're 4-1, and 5-0, and oh, you want to trade for JT, makes a lot of sense because I think that, yeah, eventually he will have a lot of big games because he is good. But if you need wins right now, like JT's not the guy you want. <laughs> 
Alex, does the injury to Anthony Richardson impact how you're valuing Jonathan Taylor moving forward at all? Yeah, I think it makes me want to buy Jonathan Taylor a little bit more. Uh, I think that, that that takes away some of those design runs that we'd see from Anthony Richardson. I think it allows it to a little bit me more. Like what we saw from Zach Moss when Anthony Richardson was out really in most of week two and week three, where they just gave him even more touches. I know maybe the efficiency is down a little bit, but again, just like Joe Mixon, I'm definitely a big volume guy. I think Erickson made really good points though, that if you are a team that's, you know, 0 and five at this point or one and four, you're trading Jonathan Taylor. My reason to be buying him as the biggest buy low is if you are three and two, four and one, five and zero right now, I'm sending out a trade offer for Jonathan Taylor in every single one of those leagues from those desperate teams that need to win right now. Erickson, let's move to your buy low running back. Who you got for us? This one's okay. You're not buying low unless it really feels gross because that's <laughs> what you got to do. So my buy low running back is Ramondre Stevenson because nobody wants Patriots players. Patriots are the worst team in franchise ever. Their <laughs> offense is never going to score another point ever again because that's the narrative right now. And this is when you want to strike a buy low deal because you're never going to get a running back with a three down skill set who could be a bell cow for cheaper than Ramondre Stevens is right now. So the Patriots office has obviously been horrible and Ramondre is coming off his worst game of the year in terms of just total volume. But when I rewatched that game, like he actually looked the best that I've seen, like to be totally honest, like he was ripping off bigger runs. His only really bad run was a pitch out that he got tackled five yards behind the line of scrimmage. And he had two targets on the first drive and they never went back to him. So if this Patriots office is going to take a reset, who are they going to involve the most? All the receivers have no juice. They have nothing else to offer. Their best receiver was Jacoby Myers, and they and they and they didn't resign him, and they let him walk to the Raiders. I feel like his combined stats are more than all the Patriots wide receivers combined. I'd have to confirm that, but like that's what it feels like when I just look at Jacoby Myers play versus all the other Patriots receivers. The only explosive playmaker they have on their team is Ramondre Stevenson. He's going to get the ball. I'm confident in that. And who are they playing this week? The Las Vegas Raiders. Who just gave up a big game? I shouldn't say big game. A decent game to A.J. Dillon, who couldn't do anything for the entire season. The Raiders. So, Patriots, 0-2 the last two games. They got beat by the Raiders last year in that horrible, like, Jacoby Myers throw. Like, this is a good spot, I think, for Ramondre to bounce back, to have a big role, and to jumpstart this, what's left of this Patriots offense. Because they have no answers, and I think he's the answer that Bill Belichick is going to go to. So, for me, he's the buy-low guy. The Patriots have scored one touchdown in the last three weeks. So to your point, this is as ugly as it gets. Alex, quickly, what do you make of Ramondre? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, again, Erickson said is fair points. Like that if this offense gets rejuvenated, it's going to be through Ramondre Stevenson. But I think this franchise could not be looking more sorry post Tom Brady. And I am really worried that they are not going to try to jumpstart this offense. They're just going to end up tanking for Caleb Williams at this point. I mean, this team has showed no fight, no dog in them. I, I, like you said, it can't get any uglier. It is at rock bottom, but I worry about the fact that they're just going to end up limiting his touches or shutting him down because I think he is the star of their franchise. And if this team is, you know, one in six or one in seven after the next couple of weeks, they have no incentive to run Ramondre Stevenson in the ground. And they have shown no signs of changing their offensive game plan to fix this offense whatsoever. And with that being said, like, I just don't, want to be buying Ramondre Stevenson because I have no faith in this coaching staff to get him right. Yeah, quite frankly, there's maybe like seven teams that shouldn't be tanking for Caleb Williams. Uh, he is special. Uh, this isn't a dynasty show, though. Uh, let's go to the sell high running backs. Alex, I'll stick with you for your first guy here. Yeah, I think that as far as sell high running backs go, my mind definitely has to go to James Cook. 
I mean, I think, again, when you think of a smaller back that's touches have gone down each of the last couple of weeks, I think the reason you can still sell him high is because he is the running back one in the Bills offense. And that's always something that people will buy in fantasy football because it's a valuable role. But he's gone down in touches three straight weeks. His snap share has consistently gotten lower. And there are these getting these bigger, more durable backs involved. Even in the passing game, his usage has gone way down. So if he's not getting pass game usage, his snaps are going down, his touches are going down. I think that James Cook is probably a sinking ship at this point. And I think there is still a lot of value to be had for people that are believing in him and wanting to maybe buy low. But for me, I'm trying to sell high while I still can. I think that one of these other running backs takes over and outscores him for the rest of the season. Erickson, what do you make of James Cook? Because it's somebody that we've talked a lot about on this show and somebody that we've generally been pretty positive on. He's down at RB16 in our up-to-date rest of season rankings. That's in half PPR specifically. Also, just to note, Cook actually was the most traded running back yesterday. Um, I didn't include him in that segment because I knew we were going to talk about him later here, but he was actually even more traded than Mixon and Robinson. So people are moving him and buying or selling, depending on what side of that you're on. So what do you think, Erickson? I like buying James Cook. Um, again, it's coming off a game where he rushed for negative yardage. <laughs> so it's really easy to be like, all right, yeah, this guy sucks. Like, I want to get rid of him. That's why he's getting traded. Um, he still had four targets. But it was a game where the game script just didn't really work necessarily in his favor as a rusher. And that's really where he's been at his best. I mean, he'd be an ex- a super explosive running back so far this year. And we've seen him kind of dabble a couple times in the red zone. So I guess it really just comes down to price. Like I understand where there's a bearish case, but it's all price sensitive. So if the market is really low on a starting running back on the Buffalo bills, like that's usually something that I'm just kind of interested in. Like I'm interested in those optics because we've seen James cook, despite how, you know, how ineffective he was in this past game, 62% snap share that tied a season high for him. So again, snaps are one of the things you look at by running backs. And it's like running backs that play a lot, they score a lot of fantasy points. Just didn't happen to work out in this particular game where the entire Bills offense did absolutely nothing in the first half. And they completely abandoned the run game because they were just like, well, Josh Allen has to go into superhero mode. So I think with some favorable matchups coming up where you can see the Bills playing with a positive game script, I think that James Cook is still the guy they want to feature there. They still want to run the football. And when they've won games, it's because they've been balanced. And when they lose games, it's because... They are not balanced on offense whatsoever. So I don't think Latavius Murray or Damian Harris have done enough to like, oh, well, they're going to take the job. It's still James Cook that they want to be um, the guy here. So I would buy a low just because I think that I want exposure to this Bills offense, and he's probably the cheapest way to do it. Erickson, let's stick with you for your top sell high running back. Yeah, for me, so it's going to be Alexander Madison. Oh, no, it's not going to be Alexander Madison. I've talked about him. <laughs> We're on not going to get a third show. straight week of Alexander Madison sell high Dude, talk. Because, it, because it's the, the move to make, man. No, no, Jefferson, <laughs> Jefferson, people are going to spit it. It's like, oh, it's good for the run game. It's like, no, it's not. It's bad for the offense. It means it's bad for Alexander Madison, who's losing snaps to CJ Ham now. But, okay, I digress. We'll, yes. we'll move to a, my actual sell running back here, and it's going to be Kyron Williams for me for the Los Angeles Rams. So... We didn't really see him lose any snaps or touches to Ronnie Rivers this past week. I didn't really expect that. I just don't know how good Kyron Williams really is as a running back. Like, it's really the Rams RB1 role that the reason he's been so effective, he scored six touchdowns in the first four games. Well, then what happened last week? Well, Cooper Cup came back. And what happened? Kyron Williams didn't score a touchdown. And he also only saw two targets. The targets through this offense go through two guys, Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup. Like, they're not going to feature Kyron Williams as much in the passing game, especially with those top two guys back in the offense. So that hurts him from a receiving standpoint when he was actually seeing a decent amount of targets from Matthew Stafford to start the year. So 
then you look at his efficiency metrics. Second worst in the NFL in rushing yards below expectation. Like, he really is not this, like, effective runner. And that's not to me, that's not really surprising. He was a day three pick. You know, didn't come out. He's not a super explosive running back. I mean, he reminds me a lot of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who famously last year was also really productive in the beginning of the season because, why? He scored a bunch of touchdowns on a good offense. So I'm, like, kind of seeing it in my mind again that, you know, Kyron Williams is just kind of like another retread of the Daryl Henderson, just not really a great running back that really got his... uh status boosted because of the situation and the role he was in i mean he's already scored six touchdowns are we gonna expect him to score 15 like 12 touch like so for me that's the reason why i think i'd be trying to just move off of him hoping that someone still views him as that that guy he has an injury track record and i mean if ronnie rivers were to step into his role i think we would probably see almost identical production that Kyron williams is putting up so that's why i like stashing ronnie rivers where i can uh, but at the same time, I think Kyron is just kind of kind of like a kind of a jag. And if you can trade him for a more stable asset, I think with more upside, um, that's probably what I would do. Quick reminder, the buy low running backs were Jonathan Taylor and Ramadre Stevenson. The sell high running backs were James Cook and Kyron Williams, although also Jonathan Taylor, if you ask Erickson. This episode is brought to you by Jack Link's Protein Snacks. No better way to enjoy game day than with Jack Link's Protein Snacks. From jerky and beef sticks to steaks and more, Jack Link's delivers 100% beef in a wild assortment of delicious flavors. It's just what you need to help feed your wild side. I feel like I should be reading that with a deep voice, like, feed your wild side. (laughs) Shop now at jacklinks.com or find it at your local retailer. Wide receivers. The most traded wide receiver since the end of week five is Michael Pittman, actually, wide receiver for the Colts, of course. So, Alex, I will start with you as the guest. Are you buying, selling, or holding on Michael Pittman right now? I think I'd be holding on Michael Pittman. I think his outlook is definitely better when Gardner Minshew is playing because I think the offense is going to be passing a little bit more, running through their wide receivers a little bit more. So I think as long as Anthony Richardson is out i think it's a slight upgrade for michael Pittman. season long i'm okay i don't value him as a top 10 wide receiver rest of season like some other people do at this point um but i think that right now he is a hold for me he's definitely got some good value over the next couple weeks but season long i think he's just fine where he's at i'm not really excited one way or the other erickson what do you think about Pittman? because i feel like i've seen some people make the case that he should be much higher but other people make the case that maybe we shouldn't be overreacting too much to the quarterback change i tend to agree with alex certainly that i like him better with gardner Minshew as his quarterback but what do you think well is that like the consensus take that everyone like likes him more with gardner Minshew? because i guess i'm not really sure about that you know you lose your starting quarterback the mostly the takeaway is like oh well now he's going to be worse they lost their starting quarterback so I like Michael Pittman. I think that he's a buy. I mean, he's really just been an alpha receiver all season long, 29% target share this season. You know, that's in the top, the top 10. So he's been a guy that's been commanding targets at a really high level. They play in a dome. Their defense isn't that good. He's playing the Jaguars this week, who he had a monster game against in week one, 97 receiving yards, eight catches and a touchdown on 11 targets. So we're really seeing this target share concentrate around Michael Pittman and Josh Downs. And really nobody else is getting involved in the passing game. So Minshew, we've seen, you know, support fantasy viable assets in the past, whether it was with the Eagles, whether it was back in his days with Jacksonville. Like he's the one that fueled a DJ Chark breakout year that we're still trying to see happen again. So can he do it with Michael Pittman, who again, contract year for Michael Pittman Jr. He's trying to get paid. He wants to get numbers. So I I think that Pittman's a guy that I would be trying to buy, especially if there are some people that are just hesitant about, oh, well, it's a different quarterback. You know, what does that mean? I think it's uh, wheels up for Pittman. 
Pittman's best output of the season was that Jacksonville matchup in week one. His second best game of the season for fantasy was week three when Garner Minshew was on the field. And that was going up against a good defense, too. So that was, you know, at least somewhat of a sign to me that the quarterback change for anybody who is maybe hesitant is kind of looking at the wrong thing. I think we're all in agreement that it will benefit him. We've got some trades here. These are real trades that have gone down in my playbook with fantasy pros. So I want to get your guys' opinion on them. They're all including Michael Pittman. First one here, would you trade Michael Pittman for Jameer Gibbs and Jerome Ford. It's a lot to give up given the state of the running back market, but we do like Michael Pittman. So Pittman or Gibbs plus Ford, Alex. I think that when you get Jerome Ford in addition to that deal, I think I'd be willing to buy it because I still think that Jameer Gibbs is a ton of upside in the second half of the season. I know this has been David Montgomery's backfield, but again, you don't draft a guy 12th overall for nothing. I think that his usage is going to increase if he can just get healthy. I also like the chances that Jerome Ford is probably going to be the lead running back for the Bear, I mean for the Browns for the rest of the season. And I think that he is ultimately going to be the guy. So I think chasing that upside where both of those guys could be top 15 running backs on the right weeks, I think I'm willing to chase that over Pittman, who I think is a little bit of a capped ceiling in this lower volume passing offense. What do you think about that one, Erickson? Which side do you like, Gibbs plus Ford or Pittman? I still like the Pittman side. I'm not a huge into Jerome Ford. Maybe if it was like Ramondre Stevenson instead of Jerome Ford, I would like it a little bit more. Um, but no, I think that Gibbs, I don't know, man. <laughs> like they draft him total overall, but there's no indication that they want to move away from Dave Montgomery. Like, even when Gibbs missed his last game, Craig Reynolds played in like the fourth quarter. Like that's all he got. Like it was all Dave Montgomery the entire time. So unless Montgomery gets hurt, man, I think Gibbs is going to be on the backseat of things. So I'm going to go with Pittman. I think that he's locked in. He's dialed in right now to producing your lineup right now. So I, I want to buy that. Sticking with you, Erickson, Pittman for Brees Hall. I would take Brees Hall in that case. I, I, that kind, of, easy I kind of assumed you would. Alex, what do you think about that one? A big, big Brees Hall truth there, similar to Joe Mixon. I mean, I think that I, those are two yeah. guys that I will buy all day, every day till the end of time. <laughs> I don't know if there's really a buy window open on Brees Hall, but again, for Michael Pittman, I'm doing that all day, every day, twice on Sundays. Last one here, Michael Pittman plus Travis Etienne for Christian McCaffrey. Alex? Oh, anytime you can get Christian McCaffrey, I'm I'm doing it. There's not many trades I wouldn't make for Christian McCaffrey at, at this point, especially because if he's 30 points better than the running back two in all fantasy football right now, and I think he's about 60 points better than the running back 10, the most valuable asset in all of fantasy land. Erickson, you are a Travis Etienne guy. Would you trade him plus Pittman, package them together to get the best player in fantasy? Yeah, I, I think I probably would. I mean, look, ETN is right on the heels of McCaffrey when it comes to like touches. Like ETN is second in the NFL and touches behind only Christian McCaffrey. But again, like the touchdowns is, <laughs> is is very much in favor of CMC, which just gives him a massive edge over ETN. So as much as I love ETN, I think that making just using Pittman as the piece to get up to CMC, that makes a lot of sense. And that's something I would probably do. Before we move on with the show, let's take a second to talk about Air MedCare Network. We talk a lot about what makes winners on this show, and there's one thing that all the teams, coaches, and players have in common, preparation. 
Planning is key in everyday life, too, and a great way to be prepared for the unexpected is to join Air MedCare Network, America's largest air ambulance membership network. Air MedCare Network providers operate state-of-the-art helicopters that can respond to critically ill or injured patients who need emergency medical transport. These flights can be very expensive, but as an Air MedCare Network member, you won't see a bill for your flight only when flown by one of their providers. That's right, you would pay nothing. You can become a member of Air MedCare Network for just $99 per year. And right now, our listeners get up to an $80 MasterCard or Amazon e-gift card when they join and use offer code FANTASYPROS. That's FANTASYPROS with no spaces. Make financial peace of mind part of your game plan. Visit airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash FANTASYPROS. Let's move to our second most traded wide receiver here as we head into week six, and that's Cooper Cup coming off of quite a return. He had 12 targets, eight catches, 118 yards in his return from IR here, and it was going up against the Eagles. So, Erickson, I'll start with you this time. Cooper Cup, a guy that early on in draft season before the injuries popped up, was a round one pick. Is he currently coming off the IR a buy, a sell, or a hold? I mean, you definitely don't want to sell him. That's what I would say. I mean, he came in, had a 35% target share right away. And I thought it was interesting, like half of his targets came on the first drive of the game. And I was watching this live and I'm like, he looks back, baby, let's go. And honestly, Stafford missed him a couple different times. Like he was open for even more bigger plays. So right now he is, you know, he looks healthy. He looks good. He played all the snaps. Um, I think it's more of like a question about like, should you target him or like Nakua? And like, who does the market kind of value highly or, or, or in a higher regard, whether it's Puka or Cooper Cup, when it's like both these guys are probably going to be wide receiver ones when they're healthy and if that if Stafford is healthy. So for me, if you can get outside of if you have to pay less than like a top 10 fantasy wide receiver to get either of these guys, like that's the move that I would want to make. And honestly, I would probably prefer Puka because I think he's probably cheaper and he's younger. So I would think I would go the, the Puka route uh, than Cup, but I think that both guys are either holds or buys. So I will say currently in our expert consensus rankings, looking at rest of season specifically in half PPR, both of them are top 10 wide receivers. Puka's actually up at wide receiver seven, and then Cooper Cup's at wide receiver 10. Erickson, does, do those numbers seem right to you? Yeah, uh, I mean, really, it's just a matter of is, is Stafford like the quarterback, because as long as he's healthy, like, these offenses, this offense is going to cook between these two players and no one else is really going to be that much involved. So um, I think that as long as they're out there running the routes and Stafford's under center, I think they're both going to probably be fringe fantasy wide receiver because the usage dictates that. Like, that's what it says. Based on, they're both seeing like they're combined for like 80 percent of the team's air yards and over 65 percent of their targets last week. And why is that? Why would that change? So I think that both guys can be fantasy wide receiver ones. And, and that's why I think it's worth knocking on the door and be like, hey, how does their owner actually view them? Is it a fantasy wide receiver one price tag like CD Lamb? Like he's a fantasy wide receiver one. He should be. That's how he's drafted. Like who how do you prefer him versus the Rams receiver? So just kind of some things to keep in mind. Alex, what do you think about that Puka at seven and, and Cup at 10? And also is Cup a buy, a sell or a hold? I think I would still have Cooper Cup slightly over Puka. I, I know that he's been injured and we've seen literally one good game, but all we've seen over the last two years, he is the best in most product. I mean, besides Justin Jefferson, the best wide receiver in all of fantasy football. I think that he is still going to be that as long as he's on the field. Can he hold up for the whole season? We don't know. But for me, I'm always chasing upside. If he's on the field and you can buy him, I'm definitely doing it right now. Got some trades here. Again, these are real life trades that have gone down. 
on uh, you know in the Fantasy Pros My Playbook app. Would you guys trade Cooper Cup for Devontae Smith plus Jerome Ford, Alex? Cooper Cup for Devontae Smith plus Jerome Ford. Yeah, uh, I would I would hold Cooper Cup uh, again. I think to me, like it's similar to the Christian McCaffrey argument where I think that like when certain players play, they're just so much more valuable than any other starters at the position. And I think that Cooper Cup, if on, gives you that next level upside to go out and win a fantasy football championship. So is there more risk baked in? Obviously, is maybe the safer value in Smith and Ford, of course. But for me, again, it is chasing upside, playing for championships. Cooper Cup's the guy to do that. Erickson, are you trading Cup for Smith plus Ford? No, I don't. How is this deal getting done? Uh, Smith is coming so, off a horrible game. Jerome Ford's coming off a bye week, and he's playing the 49ers. Like, and Cooper Cup is playing the Cardinals this week. What? If you need yeah, a running back and you're just worried about re-injury risk, I mean, I could see the justification. I I wouldn't make no, the trade, but I, I can see I why. It might go down. Uh, how about this one? Cooper Cup for DJ Moore coming off an amazing game plus two two Atwell Erickson. So DJ Moore and Atwell yeah. for Cooper Cup? Yeah. Yeah, I think I would do it. I mean, DJ Moore feels weird to like look at him as like a sell high, but that's basically what he is. You had the amazing game on primetime that everybody saw, and everyone is back back into the Bears offense. So, but I've been hurt by this Bears offense enough times to realize that you're better off probably just going after a more stable asset in Cooper Cup, like Caruso alluded to, is like the dude is like a fantasy wide receiver one. Fantasy wide receiver one whenever he plays. DJ Moore has been leaps and valleys his entire career. He's probably going to be a fantasy wide receiver two when it's all said and done. So what does that mean? He's he's going to regress. No player has scored more points over expectation this year at receiver than DJ Moore, and it's not even close. Like <laughs> it is insane how many more points he's scoring than he should be. So yeah, I think that cashing out on DJ Moore for a Cooper Cup return is a fair way to approach it. Was that stat the case before this last week, or did this last week kind of skew that? No, it was It was it like was that even, before that. Like DJ before, Moore was, okay. for me, a sell high before yeah. the Thursday night game. So it's like, yeah, you're not always going to hit on the right week sometimes when it comes to buy low, sell high, but eventually just like in the grand scheme of the season, is DJ Moore going to come down from this performance? 100%. Whereas Cooper Cup... We may not even seen the, yeah. the best of him yet. He's still so, only on pace for 116 targets. I think that's the biggest yeah. thing is like he's literally on pace for he's averaging 6.8 targets per game. He's a top five wide receiver, and that's all he needs to know. So high for him. Yeah. So you're you're taking the cup side in this one then too, yeah, Alex. Definitely having yeah, to take the cup for side. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the last trade here: Cooper Cup plus Damian Pierce for Jonathan Taylor plus Tyler Lockett. Again, that's Cup plus Pierce for Taylor plus Lockett. Alex, what do you think? Man, that is a really tough one. I think I'm going to take Cooper Cup just because I think Jonathan Taylor is going to take a little longer to ramp up the workload. So I think just because that that workload is going to take a little bit longer to get to, I think that I'm going to take Cup. I think Damian Pierce has increased his overall team running back rush attempt share in each of the last three weeks. So he's become more and more of the Texans guy every week. Plus, Cooper Cup is already getting that full workload. I think I'm going to take that side. Erickson, Cooper Cup and Damian Pierce or Jonathan Taylor and Tyler Lockett? I like the Pierce Cup side significantly more. I think Lockett is, you know, we're starting to see his efficiency numbers kind of tip dip a little bit. I mean, he's 31 years old. Like, this is what happens when receivers get older sometimes. They just aren't as efficient when they get the ball in their hands, you know? So I think JSN is going to be more involved, get that post uh Rookie bump the bu- after the bye week the Seahawks just had. I think we're going to see more JSN. So I think Lockett's production is not going to be that great, to be totally honest. And Damian Pierce, man, like 
he's had such a poor run out because of the matchups because the offensive lines always hurt but like you want to buy him right now like you want to get Damian Pierce because his offensive line is going to get better the Texas offense is going to get better overall and Pierce is totally eliminating Devin Singletary from this offense Devin Singletary like barely sniffed the field in the last game they played so I, I think that Pierce is also a buy like cup so I prefer that side Alex let's move to your number one buy low wide receiver right now in fantasy football my buy low candidate has to be my my guy flag plant for the season, Chris Olave. I mean, we saw him get double digit targets each of the first three weeks of the season, and then week four. I mean, Derek Carr had that shoulder injury that he shouldn't have even been playing through, which completely skewed Chris Olave. And then in this past week, it was a thirty point blowout against the Patriots like I don't think that this scheme could not have been worse for Chris Olave the last couple weeks he's going really cheap right now and I'm buying him every single way that I possibly can I think that he is a wide receiver one for the rest of the year it's only a matter of time till we see a really big breakout I know he's one of the top wide receivers in the league in terms of air yards he only has one touchdown so far he is bound for regression based off volume and how their offense should be in a lot more closer games with a healthy Derek Carr going forward now, Erickson, you initially picked Chris Olave for your original sell high in this segment, oh, man. and I had you switch it. This, of course, also happened in the running back segment of today's show, so you guys just cannot agree on these buy low sell highs. So, Erickson, make the case for why Olave is actually a sell high and not a buy low. Because Derek Carr is not good. Like, like <laughs> what? I get that he has been playing with the shoulder injury, but how good was were they together in the first three weeks of the year? Like Olave is making all these plays on his own. Like Derek Carr's not helping him whatsoever. He keeps missing him deep. And you saw him score the red zone touchdown this past week. The Saints have been one of the worst red zone offenses all year because of Derek Carr. Like he's horrible in the red zone, just like he was last year. So this was my hesitance about Olave in draft season was I don't think Derek Carr is an upgrade. And I, I mean, I don't know, five weeks in, is he been an upgrade for Andy Dalton was last year? Like Andy Dalton played one game this year and looked pretty good for the for the Carolina Panthers and like fueled guys to be super productive. So I I just am not bought in. I'm not convinced that Derek Carr is the guy for Chris Olave in this perfect fit. I mean, Michael Thomas had more targets than Chris Olave did last week. Alvin Kamara, you know that's the other thing that's happened the last two weeks. You know who's back in the offense? Alvin Kamara, Olave. Where's his production? Tanked the last two weeks because Kamara's been back. So they're getting another running back soon too, Jamal Williams. I, I just don't think this team wants to like rely on Derek Carr's arm to win games. And that ultimately hurts Chris Olave. So unless he rips off that big play downfield, which he hasn't been able to do because Derek Carr's not that good. That's my hesitance with Olave. I just, where are the fantasy points? Like, that's the thing. Like even last year, he was super efficient, but like how many fantasy points did he actually score last year? Like not that many. So that, those are my hesitance about Chris Olave. Yeah, Alex, I was right there with you in draft season, and I'm still with you there on Olave, the player. But I do get Erickson's point on, you know, the way Carr has looked, even the injury aside, and and just the way the offense has looked in general. What what level of concern do you have about Carr and the rest of the Saints' offense when trying to project out Olave, who is currently wide receiver 12 in our rest of season uh, expert consensus rankings? Well, I mean, I think Erickson makes a really great point just about that there is concern with this offense, but all Derek Carr has done is actually just elevate the, the, the at least the top target around him. I mean, we saw Devontae Adams last year finish as a top three wide receiver, and then two or three years prior, Darren Waller, was a top five tight end in fantasy football. We saw it with Amari Cooper, Michael Crabtree, like the number one receiver in Derek Carr offenses have been really good. Do I think Derek Carr is an actual great NFL quarterback? 
No, like I think there are there are some bare concerns, but whoever the number one target has been, I mean, Hunter Renfro was a top 12 wide receiver with Derek Carr the year before. Every single year, his top target produces for fantasy football. It's been really ugly so far, but again, he's still only a couple games into his Saints tenure. He's going to get more comfortable. He's going to get better. And Derek Carr, number one targets always end up producing, even if it gets ugly. Time now for our newest segment. It's the Uber Eats player. We'd give up almost, almost anything for this week. That player is Erickson's buy low wide receiver, Devontae Smith. Erickson, what makes Smith such a great buy low candidate? You just target the Eagles player that does bad in one week, and then they go off the next week because all these guys want the ball. Like the Eagles' biggest problem, this is just so sad to like look on as like a Patriots fan. Like <laughs> the Eagles can't figure out which of their players wants to score the most points this week. Who are the Patriots can't have any other players score any points any of the week. So like the Eagles, like Devontae Smith was visibly upset on the sideline against the Rams because he wasn't getting the ball. And we've seen this from AJ Brown. Oh, what happened? Oh, they fed AJ Brown the next week. We saw this from Dallas Goddard. Oh, he had the squeaky wheel narrative going into this game. What happens? He catches the first touchdown. He's a monster game, super targeted in the first drive. What do you think is going to happen this week? After Devontae Smith's not super involved, he's going to get absolutely peppered with targets. Like we've already seen this before with these Eagles pieces. And we know Devonta Smith can be a wide receiver one. He was doing great in the beginning of the year. People were like, oh, why did you draft A.J. Brown over Devontae Smith? Like he's the one B. In the last three weeks, we've seen it really shift back to A.J. Brown. But we're going to see things balance out in this offense when it comes to the targets. Devonta Smith is still a super efficient receiver, and he's produced actual fantasy points in this offense with Jalen Hurts. So that's why I think that he's a screaming buy, and there's no better chance to get him now after a couple weeks where he hasn't been nearly as involved. I would not surprise you if he goes for 100 yards, catches a touchdown, because that's what's in his range of outcomes every single week. So Devonta Smith in our rest of season rankings is currently wide receiver 16. Alex, is that too high, too low, or just right? I think it's just right right now. I, I like where he's going. I love all the narratives. I think that, again, this offense is literally like Erickson said. I think it's going to be a, a cheat code no matter what format of fantasy football you play. Is The second one guy doesn't do well, he's going to be barking on the sideline that he needs the ball more and next weekend. like, like It's not even just like a joke. This is literally how this offense works. And they're so good as players that they automatically just find ways to get open instantly the second the next game starts. Uh, I'm all in on all these guys. Get food from your favorite restaurants, plus groceries and other essentials delivered straight to your front door with Uber Eats. This football season, stay planted on your couch and get anything, well, almost, almost anything you need for game day by ordering on the Uber Eats app. Uber Eats, the official on-demand delivery partner of the NFL. Order now, alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Let's move to our sell high wide receivers here. And who's your top guy here, Alex? Yeah, I think when I think of a sell high wide receiver, I have to think of Adam Thielen. I mean, Adam Thielen has had a heck of a run. I'm not trying to knock Adam Thielen or hate on him. But when you have a wide receiver that is well over 30 years old, that is producing at a top 10 level on a bad offense, I think it's only a matter of time till we see a fall off. I think he's benefited some from some really great matchups. But this is still a team that has yet to win a game this season. And we don't often see these 32, 33-year-old wide receivers produce at this level of fantasy football on this bad of an NFL team. I think that guys like Jonathan Mingo or DJ Shark have a chance to break out in the second half of the season. I think that Adam Thielen is still going to be productive. But if you can still sell him anywhere near the top 10 level he's going for right now, I think I'd be doing it. Yeah, I've got Thielen in a dynasty league where I have a bunch of young guys that I keep like wanting to play because I'm obviously more excited about them. 
and Thielen just keeps outscoring them. I mean, in half PPR, the last four weeks, 17 points, 26 points, 12 points, and 22 points. He just is not stopping producing, and I don't know why. I just was not. I just kind of had him as a random depth piece, like a holdover from previous years, and he just keeps outproducing these guys. Erickson, what do you make of Thielen right now? I mean, if I had him on any of my rosters, I would I would be trying to sell high on Adam <laughs> Thielen, but I, I didn't draft him. So, I mean, maybe that looks like an L for me. But look, he's an older receiver, and if he was going to do something this year, what it's more likely that it would happen now versus later. It's just like when you're looking up during the fantasy playoffs, do you think that Adam Thielen is going to be the guy that you need on your team? Probably not. Like, that's the case that I'm looking for here. And that's why I didn't draft him, because I was looking at the long game, not looking at him as like, oh, well, he's going to be really good in September. That doesn't really shock me that Adam Thielen's been good in September because he's healthy now and he's spry because, you know, but it's not like he's going to get better as the season progresses. So I I think that Thielen makes sense as a sell high. It's just a a matter of like, if you're not going to get any value for him, if because of everybody faded him, then it's like, well, you might as well just keep him until the wheels fall off. So he'd probably be a seller hold for me. Alex, would you sell him for just any sort of like high upside play, maybe like a high end backup running back? It's really just a handcuff, but you're you're kind of taking that lottery ticket swing. Or do you want to get somebody that can also contribute at least close to the way he is right now? I think with how good he's been, you can make a trade for him for someone that is producing. I actually just traded him this morning in a league redraft league where I traded Adam Thielen for Calvin Ridley straight up. Like, oh, I don't know how many leagues that you can do that in yeah. at this point. Maybe I just got really, really lucky, but I would be trading him for a Calvin Ridley, a Nico Collins, a Devonte Smith. I mean, players that just are coming off bad weeks or haven't been the level of production that we've seen from them. And you can sell high on an Adam Thielen. I'd definitely be doing it again. Send those trade offers out for Calvin Ridley. Anything can happen. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't sell yourself short. Your know, negotiation is a skill as well in fantasy football. So maybe you just run that trade, not because you got lucky, but because you, uh, you were able to convince your opponent that it was, it was good for them. Although I'm not quite sure how Erickson, let's go to your top sell high receiver. Yeah, I'm going to sell uh, George Pickens for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I don't know how the Pittsburgh Steelers have won any of their games this year <laughs> because their offense has been absolutely horrendous. Really, it's been George Pickens ripping off these like massive uh, touchdowns week in and week out, and he's been an alpha. But everything has basically worked in his favor despite the fact that he's playing in such a bad offense. You know, I'm not confident with Kenny Pickett, with Matt Canada still calling the shots. This offense is anemic. They can't. They they consistently try to run the football with Najee Harris and Jalen Warren up the middle. They don't get any yards. And really, it's like unless George Pickens is dusting a, an outside cornerback, making these highlight reel sideline catches every single week, like he's not going to get there in fantasy. So as good as he's been, as good as a talent, I think that George Pickens actually is. Like the way that they use him as a perimeter receiver that never goes over the middle, like it's not conducive for consistent fantasy production, especially when. You have Pat Frymuth is going to come back. Deontay Johnson is going to come back. Like, it's all worked in George Pickens' favor to get it done despite playing in a bad offense. But after the bye week, who he's, he's also on bye this week, the targets are going to be tougher to come by because there's going to be two guys back in the offense, and the offense is still going to be bad. So I just don't think that Pickens, who's been kind of running hot on efficiency, I don't think it's going to be there for him. So he would be a player that I would try to sell high on coming off another big game where he had a long touchdown and he looks good. Like he passes the eye test, but again, at wide receiver, it's so volatile, like the production and just the way that they use him in the offense. It's just, I'm not confident it's going to sustain 
as the season progresses because I don't think this offense, like, what are they going to do? Just turn the magic switch on? It's all going to get fixed? I, I personally don't think so. I really don't want to talk about uh, his game last week considering it came <laughs> against the Ravens. Th- this this weekend, I just have to say quickly, Maryland football, uh, you know, I went to Maryland. They blew a lead at Ohio State. Could have been a program-changing win. The Orioles lost not one, but two ALDS games this weekend. Their first two home playoff games in almost a decade. I was there on Sunday, and they got blown out, although they made it close late. And then the Ravens blowing the lead against their arch rival Steelers. It was just a horrific sports weekend for me. Thankfully, my fantasy teams largely did well, but that was a, <laughs> a small, you know, cons- consolence for given what, uh, you know, what I had gone through with my actual real-life teams. Uh, George Pickens is wide receiver 28 in our consensus rest of season rankings, that's actually lower than I expected him to be, given that he's had a couple of blow up games on, like you said, really, though, kind of these big, you know, broken plays to score these long touchdowns. So, Alex, just curious again, wide receiver 28, too high, too low, or just right for Pickens? I think for Pickens, it is too high. I mean, Pickens is just one of those people that I just don't have a lot of love for. I, I think I'm just a little bit biased because I'm a Deontay Johnson guy. I think the second that he comes back, he is the leader of this offense. I don't think that Pickens has been the guy that we, they would have hoped that he's been so far. He's had made some big plays and made some, you know, interesting ways of where we would say that, okay, like there is some upside here, but I think ultimately Deontay Johnson is the guy in this offense. And with Kenny Pickett, I don't see him ever supporting more than one wide receiver. So I think for that reason, I think I'm a little bit out on Pickens and I'll be trying to sell high on him before Deontay Johnson comes back. Listener mailbag. We'll wrap up with a couple of listener questions here from Twitter. I guess we are going to have to talk about the Ravens because the first question here is, are we still buying the Zay Flowers hype? Erickson, what do you think? I mean, why not? I mean, I know that he left some production on the table as every Ravens wide receiver did against the Pittsburgh Steelers, but he was still ended up having a solid game. Like he still saw double digit targets. He he has like a 30% target share. Like again, if Puka Nakua hadn't graced his presence, we would be talking about Zay Flowers as the best rookie wide receiver from this class. So I think Zay, the fact that so much shine is on Puka, Zay is still like a guy you can buy. So Odell Beckham, Rashad ba- Rashad Bateman is dust. Like that dude is done. Like, I'm sorry. Like the injuries derailed him. I have no confidence he's gonna be able to come back. Zay Flowers is the number one receiver in this offense that honestly hasn't even looked that good so the fact that he's so involved and this offense hasn't even yet to hit its stride in my opinion i think that there's still a higher ceiling for zay flowers so i love what i've seen through five weeks and i think we can even see more so yeah definitely a buy for me still alex are you buying zay flowers currently Oh, you absolutely have to, especially after this week. The production wasn't there. I mean, we saw 10 targets, which is awesome. But we saw this on a 16 average depth of target, which is like by far the highest we've seen as him as someone that's been getting targets more around the line of scrimmage. Him commanding over a 24% target share that deep on the field in a game where Mark Andrews, Odell Beckham, and Rashad Bateman all played is everything I need to know. He is a prime matchup coming this week against the Titans that have been absolutely destroyed by every wide receiver they face so far. I think this is the Zay Flowers mega breakout week. He actually is second in the NFL right now in targets without a touchdown. That's going to change this week. 
The last question here is what should I do at quarterback now with Anthony Richardson injured? The best option available on waivers in this guy's league is Daniel Jones. So he has Anthony Richardson. He got hurt. The best option is Daniel Jones. Is it worth actually trading for a new QB or would you pick up Jones and try to use him until Richardson comes back? Alex, what are you doing here? I mean, I would would try to make a trade. I think it's going to be really hard, especially if – Anthony Richardson seems like at this point he might be going on IR or at least missing two to three or plus weeks. It's going to be really hard to survive without that. I think Anthony Richardson's a phenomenal fantasy quarterback. So I think that I'd be trying to make a trade if you can, because surviving with Daniel Jones based on how he's looked or if he's even going to play this next week after he just left with an injury, I think there's just too many question marks. And if you can go and take a depth piece for a mid-tier quarterback, I'd be doing it. Erickson, what are you doing at quarterback if you lost Richardson and Jones is your best option? Uh, is there, there has to be a better option. <laughs> you can't be the best he, option. He Can said, he? direct quote, best option on waivers is Daniel Jones. So Gardner Minshew is not available is what you're telling me. I don't know. Like, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> look, I'm always trying to stream quarterback. Like, I hate trying to trade for quarterbacks because the production is so replaceable for the most part. And I get that it's annoying that you have to use Daniel Jones, but – at the same time, like, we saw Bryce Young throw three touchdowns last week. Like, there are ways that you can find paths to getting quarterback production on the waiver wire. If you are smart, if you're looking at matchups, you can stream. So you have, I know he said he only has Daniel Jones, but I think there probably are other options. Again, maybe, if I'm, but if I'm wrong, then, yeah, I would try to make a move for a quarterback. But I, I would really just try to focus on trading a bench player. Don't trade an actual starting asset, especially if someone is sitting on multiple quarterbacks. Like, they're just they'll be happy to give them away. You probably don't have to pay a ton for them because if they're not using them, it's like, all right, I'll take your high high end bench player for a backup quarterback that I'm not even going to use anyway. So um, I w- I just wouldn't overpay. That's the only thing I would be concerned about. And also go to fantasypros.com and check out our waiver wire rankings and see if maybe there actually is a better quarterback that could be available in your league that you might not have thought of, uh, you know, from a different angle. So go check them out and see if you can avoid Daniel Jones, if at all possible. (laughs) But uh, definitely don't give up anything too much of value. In a trade, those are our week six buy low, sell high receivers. Again, the buy lows were Chris Olave and Devontae Smith, although, again, Erickson disagreed uh, strongly on Olave. Our sell highs, Adam Thielen and George Pickens for Erickson and Alex Caruso. Alex, thank you so much for coming on this week. I'm Ryan Warmly. We'll see everybody again next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. Follow us on X, Instagram, and TikTok at Fantasy Pros, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.